will regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. Uh, it is Monday, October 24th. I believe that's the uh, correct date. Yes, October 24th. And uh, unfortunately, on today's program, we are going to be talking about some infringements to the right to keep and bear arms, particularly in New Jersey, where uh, lawmakers are uh, working to swiftly pass a, a concealed carry bill. Uh, we talked with Scott Bach, head of the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistols, about this last week on the program. And uh, he says, looks like they're on track to try to get a final vote uh, right around Election Day. Now, given the makeup of the New Jersey legislature, I have to say, and I I think Scott feels this way as well, that uh, passage is probably assured. Now, there, there might be some tweaks and some changes to the gun control bill as it stands right now, but uh, I think what is going to uh, pass and what is going to be signed into law by Governor Phil Murphy um, going to contain a lot of egregious infringements on our right to keep and bear arms. But the uh, state's biggest newspaper, the uh, Star-Ledger, has a uh, big editorial out Uh, New Jersey is now a concealed carry state. Let's adjust intelligently. And I have to say, when I saw this editorial for a split second, I was hopeful that maybe the Star-Ledger would recognize, okay, we don't like the fact that, you know, it's it's in the Constitution, but it is there and people do have the right to both keep and bear firearms in self-defense. That is not, unfortunately, the tone that the uh, newspaper has taken. No, instead, uh, the Star-Ledger editorial board says they applaud the legislature and the Murphy administration for devising a new set of regulations that they claim are fair, balanced, and tailored to withstand constitutional scrutiny while dealing with the 300,000 new gun owners, they say, that have already applied for firearm permits. They say, let's pause here to consider that bursting pipeline of applicants and allow the math to guide our next step. So imagine, they say, the consequences of another 15,000 guns in each New Jersey county. Imagine thousands more in high-crime cities like Patterson, Newark, and Trenton. Yeah, let's imagine that for a second. So first of all, the fact that uh, we have 300,000 New Jersey residents who have applied for their concealed carry license, the Star-Ledger incorrectly assumes that these are all new gun owners. I I don't think that's the case. Uh, My colleague at Bearing Arms, John Petrolino, is in the process of getting his concealed carry license. He's not a new gun owner. Uh, Many of the people who have applied have been gun owners for quite some time. They've just been unable to exercise their right to bear arms in self-defense because of these screwy laws in New Jersey that don't recognize our right to keep and bear arms. So we're not dealing with 300,000 new gun owners. We're dealing with 300,000 at least New Jersey residents who mistakenly believed that the Supreme Court decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin meant that they now would be able to exercise their right to bear arms. Now, The Star-Ledger says, imagine the consequences of another 15,000 guns in each New Jersey county. Imagine thousands more in high-crime cities like Patterson, Newark, and Trenton. Yeah, imagine thousands of legal gun owners exercising their right to armed self-defense in high-crime cities like Patterson, Newark, and Trenton. Imagine people who have been unable to protect themselves and their loved ones 
on city streets, being able to do so for the first time in their adult life. Imagine that. Be great. But New York, uh, excuse me, New Jersey Democrats and their allies in the media are doing everything they can to prevent those responsible gun owners, those law-abiding citizens from being able to protect and defend themselves. The New Jersey Star-Ledger says that the concealed carry restrictions that are currently uh, being debated by New Jersey lawmakers, uh, quote, may be the most important gun safety measure drafted in our lifetimes. And they say the authors have done a stellar job threading the needle on protecting citizens while upholding the new right to carry a concealed firearm. Look, here's the deal. We'll get into how they're not actually protecting the right to keep and bear arms here in just a second. However, uh, the Star-Ledger gets it wrong, fundamentally, right? Where they're threading the needle on protecting citizens while upholding the new right to carry a concealed gun, as if those two things are at odds with each other. They're not. First of all, the state can't protect you. The state has no obligation to protect you as an individual citizen. The state is there to protect the community at large. But you as an individual, if you are the victim of a crime, it's not the police's fault. The courts have already said that. Your safety is ultimately your responsibility. And any barrier that the state puts between you and your right to self-defense is not threading the needle in terms of protecting citizens and upholding the right. No, 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 no. It is sacrificing your personal safety for government authority. That's what the new laws or the proposed laws in New Jersey would do. That's what the existing laws in New Jersey have done. Now, the Star-Ledger says that uh, these new rules are, uh, well, they're designed to ensure that gun owners are responsible, lawful, and properly trained while putting reasonable limits on where they can carry their weapon. Yeah, we've talked about some of these, quote-unquote, reasonable limits, again, with Scott Bach. There's a laundry list of sensitive places in the New Jersey legislation that actually goes further than the sweeping number of sensitive places imposed by New York in their ironically named Concealed Carry Improvement Act. The Star-Ledger says that, uh, well, the NRA and other gun rights organizations will undoubtedly challenge the list of 25 sensitive places where firearms cannot be taken under this bill, a common-sense provision that turns schools, government buildings, bars, stadiums, casinos, energy plants, daycare centers, and other public places into gun-free zones. All public places, as a matter of fact. All private property, by default, as a matter of fact. Public transportation. Private transportation. (laughs) Uh, Even parking lots where you park your car. Considered gun-free zones. Now, there's nothing reasonable about that. Uh, as we talked with Scott Bach, the the laws and the number of sensitive places taken in toto uh, means that if you, even if you do possess a concealed carry license in New Jersey, you really can't carry a firearm throughout the course of your daily business without committing a felony-level offense. And by the way, these places, these sensitive places where guns must be banned. For example, uh, restaurants where alcohol is served. I live in the state of Virginia, Commonwealth of Virginia, sorry. I always get a couple of Virginians say, <coughs> Uh And here in Virginia, private property owners 
can ban firearms from the premises that they want. In, in Farmville, Virginia, for example, uh, I don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, which is the closest thing we have to like a chain sports bar in the uh, small town of Farmville, because it's a gun-free zone. They they post their property, no concealed carry allowed, and I don't go there. I'll watch football either at home or at one of the other restaurants in town that actually respects my right to carry. And it's the private property owner's decision as to whether or not they're going to allow concealed carry on the premise. Well, in New Jersey, under this proposed legislation, that's not the case. You must ban concealed carry from your premises if you have an alcohol license, right? If you're serving mixed drinks or even beer or wine, you are not allowed to permit concealed carry on your property. That decision has been taken from you. So, no, this is not, there's nothing reasonable about this. Not only uh, do I think that uh, the New Jersey proposal infringes uh, on the Second Amendment rights of gun owners, I believe that it infringes on the private property rights of uh, property owners in New Jersey as well. Uh, so, yes, these sensitive places, I think, are going to be challenged. Uh, the Star-Ledger editorial board says, well, they'll also object, these uh, gun nuts will, to the very rational standards for background checks, such as the requirement of four non-family character references that would have to be interviewed by law enforcement before permits are issued. Very rational. I, I swear, I thought this was a joke at first. I thought, well, maybe they're describing all of these things as if they really are, you know, moderate measures, common sense. And I'm not picking up on the irony. Now, I really do think they believe this. That there is something rational about requiring uh, character references from four non-family members who must be interviewed by law enforcement before somebody can obtain a concealed carry permit and exercise their right to bear arms in public. The Star Ledger also notes that applicants who have been convicted of certain crimes, including the violation of a restraining order, will be disqualified from obtaining a carry permit, which is another stickier topic here. Uh, when we start to define who loses their right, or at least some of their rights. Now, it's interesting, in New Jersey, if you, let's say, uh, have violated a restraining order, under this proposed law, you would not be able to obtain a concealed carry license. Would you be able to keep arms in your home? Uh, and if so, why would half of your right to keep and bear arms be stripped from you while you're able to exercise another one, the other half of that right? It doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, yeah, I think that is going to be litigated. As for the four non-family member uh, character references that must be provided to law enforcement, and they have to be interviewed by law enforcement before you can get your concealed carry license, I can think of all kinds of problems with that. First of all, what about folks who just moved to the state of New Jersey and maybe don't have four non-family members as character references that they can provide? What about folks who like to keep to themselves? Are you required under New Jersey law to have a, 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 a social circle of friends before you can exercise a constitutional right? It seems very, very Odd to me. I'm not aware of any other constitutionally protected right that requires sign off and the thumbs up from four of our friends before we get to, uh, again, exercise and have access to that right. But in New Jersey, according to the Star Ledger newspaper, ah, it's entirely rational. Yeah.
They also, uh, the editorial board of the Star Ledger says uh, they're convinced that uh, these gun owners, these Second Amendment activists, they're going to challenge the new standards for licensing, which includes an increased fee of $200 and the requirement of liability insurance, which they will call onerous, even though it has withstood challenges in other states. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. The challenge that it has withstood so far is a U.S. District Court judge in California who declined to issue a temporary restraining order against the city of San Jose's insurance mandate, claiming that there is an historic analog to what the city of San Jose is trying to do, pointing to 19th century surety laws, which bear very little resemblance, frankly, to the insurance mandate in San Jose. Under these 19th century surety laws, some individuals who wanted to carry a concealed firearm were required to basically post a bond beforehand. And it was basically, uh, if you're past, and maybe even if you're present, suggested that you wanted to carry a firearm for nefarious ends, uh, we'd have to post that bond beforehand. But again, this was the exception. It wasn't the rule to those who were carrying. In San Jose, it's very much the rule. If you want to legally own a gun, then you must acquire this insurance policy. It's a very, very big distinction between those 19th century surety laws and the types of laws that... uh, San Jose and, well, now the state of New Jersey, want to impose. Uh, Again, fundamentally, the issue here is we don't have any historic analog for insurance requirements on all gun owners. We also don't have any sort of corollary to an insurance requirement for the exercise of any other constitutionally protected right. Before you go online, for example, are you required to get a uh, libel insurance policy to protect you against anything you might say, right? If you say something libelous or slanderous, you'd be protected because you've got your insurance policy. We don't require that before people exercise their First Amendment rights. We shouldn't require it before people exercise their right to keep and bear arms. As for raising the application fee to $200, that, again, the problems there should be pretty evident to the Star-Ledger editorial board. Who is going to get priced out of their right to carry? It won't be suburban moms in Cherry Hill or uh, you know Wall Street bros who uh, live in Paramus and commute to New York City every day. No, they'll still be able to afford the 200 bucks. It's going to be the good people who live in bad neighborhoods who are going to be most impacted by jacking up the fees associated with a concealed carry license. They're going to be the ones who are hard-pressed to afford the $200, in addition to all of, again, the training mandates that uh, you're going to have to pay for, all of the other associated fees, and the cost of a firearm itself. And all that's going to happen by raising those fees as high as they have is that some people, again, are going to be prevented from accessing their right to keep and bear arms. Now, what happens to those folks? Some of them are going to choose to carry regardless. We might not like to admit it, but it's true. Their desire to protect themselves and their family will outweigh the risks of being caught and charged with a felony offense for carrying a gun without a license. Others will simply say, well, that's not worth the risk to me. I I don't want to go to prison. Who's going to raise my kids? So they'll be left in that uncomfortable position where they can't protect themselves. 
because the state won't let them. And the state won't really protect them either because the state is under no obligation to protect them as individuals. And so, yeah, in these cities like Trenton and Patterson and even Camden, which has done a pretty good job of reducing crime over the past few years, there are going to be good people who are hurt by these new laws or these proposed laws in New Jersey. Meanwhile, the violent criminals in New Jersey, what's going to change for them? Nothing. Again, they're already illegally possessing firearms. They're not walking around with concealed carry permits. They're, in many cases, prohibited from possessing a firearm because of their previous felony convictions. So New Jersey's new laws, at least the ones that are proposed right now, aren't going to have any impact whatsoever on the violent criminals. This is not even an effort to crack down on violent crime. This is an effort to crack down on the exercise of a fundamental civil right. And I have to say that these journalists at the Star-Ledger, who make their living thanks to the First Amendment, I would have thought that they would have had a little more respect and support for those New Jersey residents who are open to exercise their Second Amendment rights. Because if either of those rights disappeared, this country would be a much worse place than it is today. Our First Amendment rights are important, but our right to protect ourselves and the people we love, I think, is the most fundamental right that we possess. And the problem is, in New Jersey, we have a lot of politicians and public figures who sadly refuse to recognize it as a right at all. They view it instead as a wrong that must be eradicated. And if they can't eradicate it, then they must enact as many barriers between responsible citizens and their rights as they possibly can. So, the uh, measures in New Jersey likely are coming into law, and the Star-Ledger did get one thing right. Almost every aspect of this bill will be challenged in court. I wouldn't believe Governor Murphy and his allies when they say that, oh, these have been carefully crafted to withstand a court challenge. I don't think so. I think they've been carefully crafted to provide Phil Murphy with a platform. You know, it's been widely rumored that Phil Murphy's uh, thinking about running for president in 2024. And uh, being the governor who stood up to the Supreme Court and their gun sanity uh, might be one of the things that his uh, potential campaign staffers are looking at in terms of branding for the governor, right? Got to make him stand out somehow. Why not with gun control? I suspect that that is really what's driving this. Uh, this is a culture war issue for Phil Murphy. But for average everyday New Jersey residents. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of being able to walk home safely at night or walk home safely disarmed and at the mercy of criminals in some of the state's most violent cities. We will uh, continue paying attention to what's going on with the legislation there in New Jersey and, yes, the likely litigation as well. Uh, so we've got a whole lot more to say about this. But again, a, a stunningly, uh, 
I don't even I don't even know what the word to use. Myopic, short-sighted, uh, egregiously ignorant of our constitutional rights position. Anyway, the Star Ledger editorial board, suffice it to say, they got this one wrong. Now let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our uh, recidivist report. We'll start there with a uh, case out of Chicago, the website CWB Chicago reporting that a man shot by an off-duty Chicago police officer during a carjacking attempt was on bail for driving a hijacked car, or a carjacked car, uh, back in August. Yeah, not long ago at all, as it turns out. Uh, 18 years old, by the way, Kendrick Anderson. He was uh, shot again by an off-duty Chicago police officer when he and two others allegedly tried to carjack her last Thursday while he was out on bond for allegedly driving another uh, hijacked car back in August. He was arrested last month as well for misdemeanor criminal trespass to a vehicle. And police officials, according to CWB Chicago, say that Kendrick Anderson has been adjudicated delinquent twice as a minor for charges related to stolen vehicles. Back on August the 2nd, Chicago police were uh, maintaining surveillance on a hijacked car when Anderson climbed into the driver's seat. Four other people joined him as passengers. Cops tried to pull him over, but he reversed down the street at high speed and crashed into a parked car, flipped the hijacked vehicle over. The parked car then slammed into a Chicago police patrol car. Officers arrested Anderson, allegedly as he tried to climb out of the driver's seat. They charged him with possessing a stolen motor vehicle, driving while having never been issued a license, as well as criminal damage to uh, government property. He was able to post a $9,000 deposit towards bail and was let loose in August. A little less than a month later, September 21st, Chicago police charged Anderson with misdemeanor criminal trespass to a vehicle. And about six hours after that, he was released on his own recognizance. And then, just after 6 p.m. last Thursday, an off-duty Chicago police officer was doing paperwork while standing outside of her SUV when Anderson and two other people allegedly approached her from behind and then boxed her in. One of the other robbers pointed a gun at the woman's chest, demanded her property as Anderson allegedly patted her down. Anderson then tried to enter the driver's seat of the woman's SUV, according to officers, and one of the other offenders took her purse. The uh, off-duty officer eventually created distance between herself and the three offenders. She then drew her firearm. Apparently, uh, Anderson missed it during his pat-down. Uh, Anderson was shot in the leg. One of the other robbers fired shots toward the officer as they ran away. Prosecutors say the uh, other two robbers dropped Anderson off at a local hospital and then drove away. Security guard took a picture of the uh, getaway car's license plate Cops determined that uh, it had been stolen as well. Yeah. So uh, now, young Mr. Anderson, charged with attempted vehicular hijacking while armed with a firearm. Um, During his August bail hearing, a public defender said he was a high school senior and a ward of the state. The uh, judge in this most recent case has ordered him held without bail for violating his bond conditions. And back in August, she set uh, the bail for the new charge at $7 million, which will require a $700,000 deposit. Um, I'm just, I, I, that, that bond might get lowered given uh, what we've seen in Cook County in the past. Meanwhile, uh, two juveniles ages 15 and 16, uh, who were with the, uh, stolen car face stolen motor vehicle charges, but they are not accused of being involved in the hijacking attempt. Uh, prosecutors say they were not wearing the same clothes as the uh, two other carjackers who at this point are still at large. Finally today, or excuse me, not finally. No, 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 no. Moving on to today's Armed Citizen story. We don't have nearly as much information about this one, to be quite honest. But we do know that for the second time in about a week, uh, a a shooting in Reno, Nevada, has been ruled self-defense. In this case, uh, one person was killed uh, in the early morning shooting. Uh, According to the Reno Police Department, 
Officers responded about 4.45 Sunday morning uh, to the 3000 block of South Virginia Street and reports of a shooting. They found a man with a gunshot wound who uh, passed away on the scene. Detectives determined that the shooting appears to be self-defense. No one's been arrested. The person who fired the shots in self-defense remained on the scene, cooperating with investigators. Uh, And as uh, News 4 in Reno reported, it was the second deadly self-defense shooting in Reno in the past week. There was also a a person who was shot dead in another uh, defensive gun use near the University of Nevada, Reno, on Wednesday night. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. A a couple who were out celebrating their uh, 14th wedding anniversary ended up being in the uh, perfect location to help a police officer who was being uh, dragged by a suspect behind the wheel. Yeah. And those of you, by the way, who've been married for a long time, I think we'll get a kick out of uh, how this couple was uh, celebrating their 14th wedding anniversary. They were at JCPenney's. Uh, looking for pillows. <laughs> and as somebody who just celebrated 25 years of marriage, yeah, once you get past the biggies, you know, the five, the 10, when you're like, you know, it's your 12th anniversary. That's when you, yeah, that's when you just, uh, yeah, let's, what do we need? Let's just go and get some stuff we need. That's all. So John and Jessica Noring uh, were at, uh, or, or heading into a JCPenney in uh, Woodbury, Minnesota, last Tuesday. Uh, And they were hoping to get some shopping. And then they're going to go out to dinner. It wasn't just, you know, honey, I got you a pillow. No, they were going to go out to dinner. And Jessica Noreen says, I heard pow, pow, pow. She said, at first, I thought it was gunshots. Uh, She looked out the window. She was in her car, putting her makeup on, and she saw a truck approaching. Uh, A Woodbury police officer called to check on somebody who had been sitting in an allegedly stolen truck there in the parking lot. Uh, John Noreen said he was slumped over on a steering wheel. Officer didn't have his lights on or anything. He just kind of approached calmly and then tapped on the window. But when he did, the driver took off, taking the officer with him. John Noreen says the officer was screaming for him to stop. The driver then crashed into a light pole there in the parking lot. And the Noreens ran over and helped the officer hold the suspect until backup arrived. Uh, the officer was then taken to a hospital treated for non-life-threatening injuries, thankfully. Jessica Noreen says there's no question that we needed to go help him. It was such a whirlwind. It happened so fast, but it's like a movie playing back in your head in slow motion. Uh, she said you just never know where you'll be and what you can do to help the people around you. And she's absolutely right. 27-year-old suspect arrested in this incident, facing uh, several charges. But again, the uh, police officer in question uh, is expected to recover from his injuries. And hopefully, John and Jessica Noreen... Uh, did get to celebrate their anniversary with a lovely dinner later that night, knowing that they had done a very good deed for an officer in need. Now, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam & Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. But I would also encourage you to head to the website, bearingarms.com. In the meantime, we're constantly updating with the news you need to know about your right to keep and bear arms. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. Just go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Funny how that works. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Not only will you be supporting the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism that we do at Bearing Arms, but as our way of saying thanks, we're going to give you exclusive content. News stories and analysis you won't get anywhere else because your support does matter. And it really does make a difference. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. As, you know, well as you can. It is a Monday after all. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.